Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, the podcast mogul, and I'm very, very happy to introduce our guest today. They are the powerhouse behind the art of Cirque, which was started in 2016 because a hole in the market for a chic twist on a nostalgic treat, if I can speak properly, cotton candy was discovered by our guests. They decided to take the money from their wedding gifts, from all their guests, and uh, purchased their first cotton candy machine and began spinning the... uh, threads of golden goodness at events around the Northeast Ohio. And then tragedy stuck, struck in 2020, as we know, the pandemic showed up and forced Art of to transition to the CPG, which for those who don't know, and I didn't know before recording this, means consumer packaged goods brand that you see today. And during this pivot, our guest took to TikTok to grow her following to a whopping 1.3 million followers and that allowed her to partner with brands like American Girl, 818 Tequila, because who doesn't like tequila and cotton candy? And of course, the fabulous Barbie. Well, also she grew her team from a solo one-woman shop to now bustling 20 employees. Please welcome our guest, Emily Harpy. Emily, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Phil. I'm excited to chat with you today. Um, so yeah, I gave, I, well, yes, thank you. I'm excited. All that one. I just want to jump into it. Uh, cause like after a glowing review like that, I want to hear from your own words, uh, who you are and how did you get started? Yeah. It's funny to look back on it because so much has changed in the past three years, but to take you like way back to the beginning in 2016, I was planning my wedding while just graduating from university. So got married crazy young. My husband and I have been together since high school. And my whole plan was actually to go on and get my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. And through a really weird series of events, essentially, they kind of lost my application and then they filled the cohort and then they were going to hold my application and then they rejected it. it. A weird series of events happened that I found myself out of college with a degree in psychology, which you can't do a lot with and planning a wedding. And was kind of like, oh, now what? <laughs> I, need, I need to figure something out. And I spent a lot of time on Pinterest, as I feel like most people who are getting married do. <laughs> and happened upon cotton candy as an option for a wedding favor. 
but it was kind of like scary cotton candy. Does that make sense? Like it had a clown on it with this like really ugly packaging and there was no flavor associated with it. It was just like pink or blue. It's kind of a mystery. You don't really know what you're eating. And it was really at the height of kind of Instagram and this upgrade of all of these desserts, like cake pops were becoming really mm. popular and the donut wall, I'm sure. Oh God. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You remember yeah, that? yeah. I, I've never been on Pinterest for we or wedding trist, if you will, uh, <laughs> to steal the t terms from TikTok. Um, but I have seen, like, been sent things from those for, like, from friends saying, oh, isn't this cool for this wedding or that wedding? So, yes, I understand yeah. the, the trend. This was, this was the height of that. And oh, even, like, sugar cookies are, like, art at this point like you don't even want to eat it and cotton candy wasn't being touched and so for whatever reason I don't know why that really like stuck with me I think most people assume that I had this like childhood burning desire to just like really love cotton candy and I wish that was true I think it would make my story a little more interesting but to be honest it's not and I just really saw a hole in the market so I originally the whole concept was to do events so it was to take cotton candy and upgrade it to something that an adult would want to have at a wedding because wedding was on the brain so a champagne flavored an orange bourbon cotton candy something that you've never seen never heard of and it was really this interactive element that you could have at any event and so i what I did. I got married. There was no cotton candy at the wedding, another common misconception. Um, but I did have my husband, Drew, who's actually two years younger than I am, cornered for 20 hours in the car on the way back from our honeymoon. And I was like, now's my chance. He's trapped. Um, how do we feel about starting a cotton candy company? And shockingly, he was like, absolutely. I thought he was going to be like, girl, go get a real job. Like, what are you thinking? Because that would have been my exact response to him. Um, and he thankfully was like, actually, I think it's a great idea. You should do this. And so we came up with the name for the business in that car ride, again, where I had him trapped and got the <laughs> LLC secured, Instagram handles, everything. And I essentially had started this business without ever once touching a cotton candy machine, which I'm aware is a little psychotic um and very naive but ultimately i'm very thankful that that was the way that i did it because it forced me to then learn how to do all this I, so one i think <clears throat> trapping your husband i love that part of the story because i could just see kind of like the old school mentality of like the husband's like oh god not again <laughs> You know, but then you flipped it on us and say so he was like, oh, really? I like this. Obviously, he's a guy. Candy is probably his favorite thing. And he's like, I'm going to have access to candy at all time. Um, I think that's what he was thinking about this business. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. That's where his thinking stopped. Yeah, it was more food than it was. Yeah, it was, he was probably hungry. 20 hours in a car ride. He's going to be hungry. Um, I love that you came up with the, like... It, at, brought it from a childhood dad and I think that's what why we're seeing this trend from like with sugar cookies and all this because it's something from childhood that we are now adults and we're like why isn't this invented so we're just bringing it through um what was the process like launching this business because it's not unlike any other business out there so like like yeah obviously the LLC that's normal and all this but like how did you deal with like did you have to deal with the food board or anything like that? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> funny you ask. Um, yeah, there was 
I knew nothing to be clear. Like I, again, had just graduated from university with nothing to do with food. I never even worked like fast food. I worked retail and things like that through college, but nothing in the food space. So I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. I didn't have anybody that I could even really like reference because I really came up with the idea myself. So it wasn't like I could, you know, had someone to kind of emulate their business model, even like you said, like a food license or pricing model. I had no idea what I was, how I was going to do it. And you couldn't just Google, like, how much do you charge for cotton candy card service? That wasn't, that wasn't a thing. So I very, very much moved at my own pace and, and felt like I would take small steps in the right direction in my comfort zone because all of it was out of my comfort zone, if I'm being honest. So I spent a lot of time on Google. Like that sounds like a really silly answer, but it's the truth. Like even to this day, I Google everything. Um, And then a lot of it was just done through trial and error, which even to this day is still the answer. Sometimes you have to just do trial and error. And then I also just asked a lot of questions to people that I probably like shouldn't have been asking questions to. I know that my first health inspector was like, this girl should not run a business. Like she doesn't know what she's doing. But I'm like, that's what you're, that's what you're here for. And I'm going to take advantage of that. No, I, I love that uh, little little piece you added at the end of asking people all the questions because you didn't know, obviously. And what's great is you were still in the, the academic type mentality. You knew you didn't know anything. You knew you had to ask questions and you had to learn. And you went to the, the f- biggest university in the world, Google, um, <laughs> followed by their teaching assistant, YouTube. Um, if I didn't have Google and YouTube, I would still probably be working at a bank and hating my life every day. Um, <clears throat> but you did at least have, like, you did have business assets and skills from your time in real real uh, real estate in retail. <sighs> you think I would learn how to speak properly and know my words? Um, Two hundred plus episodes later, Phil, come on, get your game in. Uh, but you did have those at least some business skills from doing retail um did you see a lot of transferable skills over because obviously retail and uh, cotton candy not too similar but other than the sell sales part but like were there skills that you were able to transfer over definitely i think from a customer service standpoint that's probably where i feel like i had the leg up the most of knowing how to communicate and how to explain things to people and to even sometimes you know when you're doing events you're dealing with thousands of people a weekend depending on how many events you're doing the type of events like if there's somebody that's giving you kind of a hard time how do you manage that or how do you sell yourself in a way and i always say that i'm i'm really not a salesperson i'm really bad at that. And I have people on my team that are so much better than I am. But there is some of that that I absolutely did learn at my time working in retail because you have to be to some extent. Um, So definitely transferable. And I feel the way about the psychology background for sure, too. I feel like that's come in handy with growing a team dealing you know with a lot of people from a a lot of different backgrounds and different styles and personalities and things like that so even though my background is not in traditional business i do feel like the skills that i learned early on helped me even to this day Mm. and i love that you brought up your the the psychology background because you're able with your knowledge you're under you have an an ability that most bosses don't 
to create the culture that is actually a winning culture because you're able to spot the psychological, uh, you know, red flags that most yeah. people don't to nip it. I love that. Um, with your psychological background, uh, your degree, how is it like hiring your first person? Because I know you you grew your team from zero, your one man show doing all the work to 20, 20 people. Like, how was that? How did you use that? Or what was it like hiring your first person? Yeah, so that was wild because it was COVID. So before obviously the pandemic happened, I had built up the event side of the business that I was still really my only employee, but I would have a small group of friends that if we had events that were double stacked could kind of just help pick up and, and do an event for me. So they were the first people that I brought in of like, hey, I'm starting this business that we can spin everything. So it's important to note that even today, like I own our manufacturing, I'm sitting in our manufacturing facility right now, they're spinning the cotton candy like two walls over from me. Wow. So that's a whole other <laughs> piece of this business that we don't have a co-packer. So I had, I had a leg up from the standpoint of I had already known how to produce the product just because of doing the event side of things. So it wasn't like starting completely from scratch, but in building a team was. So it started out with just a lot of friends that helped me originally and then it kind of grew and our social media following grew at the same time which means that a lot of people were reaching out to me saying I want to work for you I want to work for you so at, in the beginning it was like a people and it's honestly still that way now if you want my honest opinion I've never had to like really put out an ad to hire people they just come to us from what they see on social media and want to be a part of it but it does the kind of the psychology background circling back to your question. It does allow me to help navigate and kind of ask the right questions and to watch people to see if they're going to be a good fit. And my first full time hire, her name is Emma. She's still here today. She's my right hand. She's our brand director. And I knew immediately upon hiring her part time that she was going to be my first full time hire. We hit it off perfectly. We literally sat knee to knee we shared a desk for almost a year um like we sat in the same spot like literally like it's a miracle that we still um even like each other at this point uh and and as a matter of fact when we moved into our new space now which is so much bigger we have our own private offices like you will still find emma and i working pretty much from the same office all the time because we just got so used to working in sync with each other but once i kind of was able to bite the bullet and bring her on full time it got so much easier to know the next fit and the next puzzle piece. And it really does come together when you find the right people. I love that. And I, I love that story because that is the definition of a ride or die employee. If you're stuck nose to nose, pretty much with your boss day in and day out, yes. like either you're going to be with this company forever or it's like six months and I'm out. Well, okay. What's really funny about this too <laughs> And like, we, I don't tell people this a lot, but it feels like this is fitting. Emma and I have a matching tattoo, which I understand like that's wild. Like that is not pre-working pre together, right? No. So we didn't even know each other. She is my employee for like six months. I mean, it's a cotton candy tattoo. It's the same place, everything. We got this huge opportunity to showcase in New York City at the Wine and Food Festival. And so I wanted to commemorate it by getting like, I've wanted a cotton candy tattoo for a while. And she's like, I'm getting one too. And I was like, do you understand what that means? Like, are you fully prepared to have a matching identical tattoo with your boss? And she's like, absolutely. And again, three years later, we still work really well together, but I'm not sure it always works out to your point. It could have been like six months and done and then a tattoo that she regrets for the rest of her life. Yeah, so far, no. so good. <laughs> I love I, I, it, that. That's like 
And the fact that you get people, you don't have to put an ad out. Obviously, you probably may have put out an ad, but or you may have said, hey, we're looking for employees on your social media. But it's you're coming from fans. So you know they already love the brand. They love what you're doing. So, like, it's the, I guess what it, like, for me, it's that loyalty. You know, you can, like, when you work for a corporation, you don't know if the employees will be loyal to the corporation. Right. Because they don't know it. But with you, you're building your social media. They're coming from fans. They're already loyal to the brand. Now they get to help their favorite brand build up uh, and become bigger and have that, like, little, oh, my God. You're built, you. That's why we need more psychologists in powers, positions of powers. That's what I'm saying. Because um, they know, they understand things on a different level. Um, and not just keep them in the sales part because that's tricky and that's evil. Um, yeah. I want to move move a bit more because the pandemic shifted your business. Like like you said, you went from going to events, you know, spinning the cotton candy yourself to now you're selling it world, I don't know, worldwide, but you're selling it to, okay, worldwide. Uh, and you had to change pretty much everything. Like you pivoted a massive pivot. Um, are you still doing events or is that like that that's been shuttered and you're just consumer goods now? It'll be, a, it's very rare that we do events. They're not open to just anybody, you know, putting in a request now. We have a really great working relationship with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Cleveland Browns that I've had forever. So they are about the only people that I will do an event for just because I feel like they were like the first large entity to really believe in me, which gave my business a lot of credibility. So when they ask, I always <laughs> say yes. But other than that, the event side of things has kind of been shut down. I do think one day we'll probably bring it back because it is such a great concept, mm -hmm. but it takes a lot of time, energy, and manpower to pull something like that off. And we were getting a lot of event requests for things out of state. So that mm -hmm. was really getting tricky to navigate of like, are you going to be able to pay our travel fees like there's a lot logistically that can go wrong with that even just like health license and permits and all of that so at the time being we're just focusing on the consumer packaged goods side of things and the shipping i like that and um how did you come up with the the concept of like creating the consumer good creating an adult version of uh the kids classic of uh cotton candy yeah. So what's so funny is that I always swore up and down that I would never package cotton candy. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And it's just so funny. <laughs> That's what we do only now. Um, <laughs> but cotton candy. Yeah, who would have thought? Not certainly not me, honestly. Never did not see this for myself at all. Um, cotton candy is really delicate, which sounds wild, but it's true. It's really um temperamental from an environment standpoint. So actually, right now it's raining outside, which means that our cotton candy machines are going to be running slower. So any type of rain, humidity, any outside element, even if obviously we're in the building, it's not raining in the building, it doesn't matter if it's in the air and you can feel it it becomes a problem. And if the packaging isn't just perfect, cotton candy will absolutely disintegrate. So that was a really, really, really long process to figure out how to do that. And I now like to tease that I'm actually just like a packaging engineer because I did figure out a lot of it through trial and error and on my own. But it it took a it took a lot. It took a lot of mistakes and a lot of mistakes in public to get to that point. Um, I have a design team that they were my first hire when I decided to pivot. 
and they're based in Denver and their names are Molly and Jackie. I like give them the credit for everything because they have literally held my hand in ways that most, you know, graphic designers, web designers never would do, but they really came alongside of me to help figure out the packaging problem, find the right suppliers. They actually flew to Cleveland to learn how to spin the cotton candy so that they knew what they were designing for. How would the cotton candy fit into the packaging? How, what is our process behind the scenes so that they could really get involved with the brand. But that jump took, like I said, about a year. And even then, our hero product is a glitter bomb. So it's a small fluff of cotton candy. You drop it in something clear and bubbly. Cotton candy dissolves. Edible glitter flows out, making your drink sparkle. And we we launched with packaging that was not sustainable to the heat. And we did a drop of these. They sold out and they all melted. And I was in surgery. And so Emma had to handle this issue. And then we had to pull in the product for six months while we figured out at the most vital point in our business while we figured out a new packaging solution. So like this does not happen overnight. And there are like, even to this day, we are still dealing with issues. I, my team is literally hole punching our glitter bomb sachets. because We just received a shipment of 50,000 that don't have tear notches in them. It was a mistake from the printer. So we're now hand hole punching them. So like these mistakes don't go away. They just get bigger and you just, you learn to deal with them. You have a dedicated team that wants to hole punch 50,000 sachets. Um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, they, 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 they love you. They, uh, they love the business because, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I find it so fascinating because I have yet to have someone who does anything like this on the show. And I like to, I have a billion questions and I just can't pick one to, to jump out because I want to get it into more. But how did you work with like, how did, what, what, when the brand started coming, obviously like, you have the Cavaliers who work with you and uh, the, the the Bears, right? Uh, Browns. Yeah. Browns, sorry. Um, it was B. I got the B. Let, <laughs> I, I, I'm not an NFL fan. I'm more NHL. Um, so that's my, uh, my caveat here to not know the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you, you worked with Barbie. Like, how was it when, like, bigger brands like after the Cavs and that reached out because like a sports team reaching out because they have their, their like their celebrations and pre-gaming and stuff so that's kind of interesting but like 808 te 818 tequila barbie like what was that like so what's super interesting about where we are now is that it's a really equal split of big brands finding us because of our TikTok following, which I'm very thankful for. And that is really what has moved the brand forward. But also I know I keep talking about her, but Emma's entire job is she sends pitch emails. So we will sit down multiple times a year. We have one big planning session in January. That's just her and I. We give the rest of the team an entire week off. Her and I come in and we plan out everything for the entire year. And that includes collaborations that we want to see. And it's like, I mean, our list is massive. It's the biggest of big names that you can think of. And then her entire job is to go throughout the year and to stalk these people and who works there. And then we send these really well and artfully crafted pitch emails of the exact vision of what we want to see. So 818 Tequila is owned by Kendall Jenner. Um, the Car so the Kardashians are obviously involved and we have wanted to work with that brand for a while. Emma found 
who they were, didn't get through to the top of the top. So she started working her way down. Finally was able to get a call with someone on their team and they, we sent samples. We had a zoom call. They loved the concept so much, but it wasn't just this like generic, like, Hey, look at our product. It would be a cool fit. It was a very well painted picture of here's how we see this activation. Here's what the packaging could look like. Here's our capabilities. Like what are, here's the flavor profiles we could do in this cocktail. So it's, it's very well thought out. So we don't really leave a lot to the imagination. They can actually picture what it's going to be like. So it's, it's really great when these big brands reach out and want to work to us too, but there's also a lot of work behind the scenes. And, and it's this feeling of, um, I don't know. It just, it's really rewarding to, to know that we have a cool product and that it works in all of these different capabilities and, and capacities. And to be able to say that as a really small bootstrapped brand based in Cleveland, Ohio, that we've have some pretty big names on our resume. Look like that. That is insane. Like it, the fact that you had everything planned out, like the planning session in January, brilliant, obviously, as you know, it's paid dividends already, yeah. but like already having everything. So like, there's no, no reason for them to say no. Like you're saying, look, we've already thought of everything Let's see what, you, let's add your input to it so that we can make it even better because we already know this is a hit. Let's make it take it to the next level if you have any like notes, if you will, instead of trying to start from scratch. You're like, no, let's get, we already got that. We just need you to say yes. Um, I think that's brilliant and a great way of going in about the collaborations. Now, we know Emily is getting a lot. It's Emily, right? Emma. No, you're Emily. <laughs> Emma. Listen, Sorry, it's Emma. very confusing. It's do not apologize. We hear it all the time. She answers to Emily. I answer to Emma. M, whatever. We answer it to both. <laughs> so Emma's been get, given all this high praise and that, and uh, she she's obviously well worth it. Um, did Does she do most of, obviously, she come up with the whole package to deliver to these prospected clients or do you have a huge uh, uh, touch in it? And I, I say clients, I mean, partners, potential, sorry. Yeah, potential collaborations. We do everything very much together, which again okay. goes back to us sitting in the same office 95% of the time. It's very collaborative. And I would argue that the whole team is that way. So one of the things that's really important to me that is that no matter what your role is in the company, that you know how to do the production side. So if you are a new employee here, it doesn't matter what your role is. Even if you will never touch the production, you have to spend at least two weeks learning how, because ultimately that is what makes the company move. And if that falls apart, if that, you know, loses um, the what's most important in all of that, the rest of the company goes downhill. So we're all super collaborative. I even jump in the studio still, you know, occasionally, as a matter of fact, we're, we have so many big orders coming up that the next three weekends, like I'm here on Saturdays, helping the team out because it's, it's that important that we all work together and we all understand kind of what the goal is. So there's really nobody here that's doing anything just them. And that includes me for sure. I love that. It's a great way to run the business. It's freaking, I love it. I love that collaboration and like, and like knowing each part of the business allows everybody, like, like you said, when you get crunch time comes in, everybody can end up helping out and they're not, uh, more sticking out and causing issues. They, they know what to do. Um, I want to transition to like learning so much about you, but I want to transition, move over to actually uh, 
teaching uh, the audience something, uh, not that you haven't already, but for someone that is not able to trap their newly husband in a car for 20 hours after a honeymoon, um, but is looking to like, you know, like they, they didn't get into their college, they didn't get into that program and they're looking to, hey, maybe I want to start this journey of being an entrepreneur. What kind of advice do you have for them? Most people aren't going to understand that. And I think it depends on especially who is in who's in your life. I was very, very lucky that my parents are both entrepreneurs. And, you know, so that was a, a huge leg up in the fact that I even knew that, like, I had to secure an LLC. So I am that was a huge privilege. But if you aren't in that situation where your parents are going to look at you and be like, I know we just paid for this college degree and now you're going to go make cotton candy. <laughs> Yay, like that because that's wild that that was my situation, and it's probably not going to be most people's. So, I would say that you have to be prepared to kind of be on an island of one for a little while. There's a there is a chance that people aren't going to support you or understand the vision, and that was pretty much everybody else in my life, but my husband and my parents. A lot of friends were like, You were going to go to graduate school, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you be throwing this away? And people really didn't start to understand until about two years in, and now all of a sudden, seven years in, that we have these big names behind this. It's like, Oh my gosh, I always believed in her type of thing, which is just a little funny to, to think about. Um, but yeah. It, if you're if you're in that position this is the simplest advice and it's gonna sound a little patronizing and i don't mean it in that way you just have to start that's literally the hardest part the hardest part is just if you have this idea and this concept you you just have to move one step forward at a time and you know what maybe that means not even telling anybody about it it is okay to keep some things close to the chest for a little bit while you're working it out and then you can kind of have more of a firmer concept from from there or you know or you can tell people and if they're not into it you should be strong enough to say that's okay i see the vision oh i love that that's such great pieces of advice and it's it's true it's it's very true like if you if you're by yourself it is an island because you're doing this all by yourself if you don't have the capital like bootstrapping something it's all by yourself wearing all the hats and people don't understand why would you want to do this something crazy when you can have the secure job or go to the school and all that uh it's because the freedom because like you said in five years you want to be hands off Right. Even though I don't think you will be, I think you'll still be jumping in on a Saturday, <laughs> wrapping those machines to make sure the order goes through. I can see you doing that. Probably, uh, probably, probably not every Saturday or every time there's a big order, but I can see you still uh, keeping your hands because I don't think uh, Emma is going to be stepping away either. No, not um, at this <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned a book that you 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 mentioned entrepreneurs should uh, read. I believe it's uh, Go All In by Ali. I believe that was it. I think it's it's called How to Build a Goddamn Empire. That's it. Sorry, not all the way. Yes, yeah. that's it. How the wh why why is this book something you want entrepreneurs to read? I feel like especially nowadays, entrepreneurship is so glamorized. Like there's. And I could be wrong about this, but years and years ago, entrepreneur wasn't even really a word that you would hear. Like now there's programs in high school that like actually some of my mentor for about kids that want to be entrepreneurs. And it's this unique shift of people wanting to be entrepreneurs as opposed to people having a business idea and then becoming an entrepreneur, which is very different. Mm -hmm. And 
and I think it's can be a dangerous thing to just want to be an entrepreneur without the passion of whatever the idea or the business is, because it's hard. It's, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And it's a lot of things that no one else is going to understand the weight of what you carry unless they too are an entrepreneur, which can be challenging. And I think that this book specifically, Allie had a startup that she had a co-founder with and they took on funding and then they made an exit and it's a great story and it's all the things that we all want, right? But this story or her book and her story and how she tells it is so raw and real that I really think that it gives you a true inside look into what it's actually like to be a founder and to start your own business in a way that I have never seen in any other book or any other article or whatever it is. And it just really gives you good, real, raw advice in a way that is rare because it is so glamorized nowadays. I like that. I'm definitely going to be jumping on Audible and getting the book with my credit because that that just that's a ringing endorsement uh, if I've ever heard one. Emily, snap my finger. I have 10-year-old you right beside me. She's spunky. She's fun. She's whatever adjective you want to add in front of that that makes you feel comfortable. Um, What piece of advice are you giving your younger self? To not be so pigeonholed in the traditional really anything, but specifically for talking business career path, because 10 year old Emily would not have ever imagined myself where I am now. This was not something like I had said earlier that I had dreamed about from a child and now it's all of a sudden I'm fulfilling it. Not at all. I went through a lot of iterations of wanting to be a lawyer and an architect and then a graphic designer and then a psychologist and and all of these things only to end up owning a cotton candy company. And I mean, it sounds fake. Like it sounds like it doesn't sound real. It doesn't sound real at all. And and I think I spent a lot of years and time stressing over that to only end up in a place that I'm so much happier and so much more fulfilled than I would have been in anything else. I love that. And that's a great piece of advice. Um, also, I want to know, would 10-year-old you be ha- like ecstatic that you're, you're, you have a cotton candy mach- a company? I definitely think so for sure. I mean, I don't know what ten year old wouldn't be ecstatic about True. that. <laughs> but I would probably have a lot of questions, I feel like, for future Emily as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I I still have questions. And I just met you. Uh, Emily, I'm gonna jump off screen here. I want you to let my audience know where they can follow you, your TikTok, where they can purchase the sort of store, whatever you wanna to tell my audience to follow, purchase, whatever it is. The floor is yours, so please go ahead. We made it super easy for you. Everything is just at Art of Sucre, S-U-C-R-E. That's the website is .com. All of our Instagram handles, TikTok, social media is all just at Art of Sucre. That was easy. Um, uh, also, we forgot to touch on the, the name, how I pronounce it with the French, you pronounce it as Sucre. <laughs> so I definitely going to have to have you come back on the podcast because we're going to have to touch on that. Uh, but we are, unfortunately, uh, out of time, Emily. So I want to thank you again for coming on the show and uh, giving me an amazing interview and a great time. Yeah, thanks, Phil. I really appreciate it. Uh, to my audience, make sure you check out the show notes down below, but it's pretty much Art of Sucre or Sucre, however you would like to pronounce it uh, in the show notes down below. Go check them out. 
uh, if you're feeling like you need some cotton candy in your life, maybe get an adult cotton candy from this company. I thank you again, Emily. To my audience, remember to always invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization Mogul Syndicate Newsletter, or it could be Phil Better stories of monetization moguls or making moguls is what i do so make sure you go ahead and check that out but i want to thank you very much for listening and as always remember to invest